alphamedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock the Diamond Nine. Gamezilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in his container, the Deadite Knight, the producer. I am a Bubble Boy. Bubble Boy Deadite, we're going to call him today. I am uh, in a BBD. remote, germ-free location. I mean, I'm Full vacuum of germs. sealed. I, I, for all I know, I'm in the International Space Center. Um, it's raining here. I can confirm that. I am somewhere above ground. I can hear the rain. Uh, and uh, just trying not to get anyone sick. I appreciate before they that. travel. That's right. So Deadite stayed home today because he cares about me and the PAX West trip that I'm about to go on in, what, 72 hours? Not even? So yeah, I, was like, quick. I was like, I can't afford to get sick. That, that would not be... enough time to heal from the bronchitis that I assume I'm coming down with. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's too much. It's too much. So anyways, welcome everybody to episode 275 of the GameZilla podcast brought to you by our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla media. Go there and start your patronage today. It's your financial support that uh, helps GameZilla Media exist. Uh, and that includes, of course, the GameZilla Podcast, Legend of Retro, Last Action Podcast, Noobs and Dragons, and Noiseland Arcade. All your favorite GameZilla Media shows. They exist because you support us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon is starting at just $1 per month. And uh, you can get exclusive access to shows, behind-the-scenes stuff that no one else gets at the $5 exclusive content level. So uh, head on over there and start your patronage today because it gives you the ability to suggest a news topic every week that we will cover. So or discussion topic or whatever. If you want us to talk about something, we'll carve out time for our patrons. You just got to make the suggestion every week. Patreon.com slash games in the media. That is right. And let's give a huge shout out to a Blinken. I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce it, but they are our newest patron at the $5 level. So thank you so much for your patronage and uh, welcome to uh, the uh, games of media Patreon club. We're going to call it because we don't have a good name for it. Maybe you can suggest a name for it. There you go. Uh, you know, and that's the thing about Patreon is that yes, you get extra content like Dead Eye was saying, but also the big piece of Patreon is that that's where we really let our fans kind of craft and help us mold our shows, all the extra content that we're doing. Um, people really get, can submit um, recommendations and all sorts of different stuff to help really push these shows in different directions, and that way, kind of, you know, you, you kind of got a, a small piece of yourself. In, the, in this show that you enjoy listening to. All right. Well, with all that being said, with Deadite safely, safely in his little bubble container and uh, everything, we got some news to talk about. So I don't think we need to waste too much time. Let's get into it. Here is the news. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. Alexander, what about this monster story of yours? Download Topic number one. All of these news topics 
Actually, yeah, let's just let's just have a little caution caution warning here. All of these news topics were picked by Deadite. All of them. <laughs> He's not even gonna say anything. <laughs> Anyways, topic number one. Roller Coaster Tycoon comes to the no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I, I couldn't hear you for a moment. There was there was interference here from my prison, and then I heard Roller Coaster Tycoon, so uh, I I'm back in. So. No, I was just making sure you were listening. I said that you picked all these news topics. Just getting that out of the way, making sure that uh, you know if someone really hates this episode, they know who to point the finger at. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll take the blame. That's okay, fair. I think he did pretty good though. Topic number one: Microsoft has no plans to bring first-party games to Nintendo or PS4 moving forward. So this is an interesting take that came out of The Verge today, um, or sorry, a few days ago. But uh, a few an interesting take because Xbox has been pretty friendly with uh, at least with Nintendo, and they've tried to be friendly with everybody else. But Nintendo and Microsoft have gotten along pretty well. We've seen the announcements of Cuphead and Ori in the Blind Forest, along with obviously we've seen Minecraft everywhere. Uh, so with with all of that happening, we kind of thought that we were going down this road that we were going to probably see some future projects between these two. And now it's kind of seeming like, well... We're happy with what we've done, but we, we can't continue to do this because, and the, the, the whole point of this, it seems to be all built around xCloud. Uh, xCloud being that their, their service that you're going to, similar to Stadia or whatever, that you're going to be able to stream your video games. And really it comes down to the fact that, you know, xCloud would be that piece that, that Nintendo and PlayStation and whoever would have to allow on their platform, and that would be how you would get access to, say, Halo, Gears, Forza, all, you know, all of those types of exclusives uh, on, on another system. That's not to say that someone like Nintendo wouldn't, won't do that, um, but... You know, time will tell. So, and they basically came out and their quote on this was, the past year has been an exciting time for us here at Xbox as we have more than doubled the internal creative teams making up Xbox Game Studios. Uh, as these new studios transitioned in, we were aware of some existing commitments to pro other platforms and we will honor them. However, going forward, these new studios will focus on making games for our platforms we have no plans to further expand our exclusive first-party games to other consoles. We continue to believe deeply in cross-play and progression of games with the right flexibility for developers to ensure a fair and fun experience. So there you have it. If you were hoping to see Forza, Gears, Halo, or maybe Killer Instinct uh, making its way to the Switch or the PS4, you better keep your fingers crossed for xCloud. You got some uh, some pointers on this uh, that you want to make here, that I? Yeah, you know we were we were excited because we saw we heard the rumors. I don't know six months ago or whatever it was was Xbox Live is coming to Switch, and then we're you know thinking like oh maybe Game Pass is coming to Switch or maybe they'll announce the Master Chief Collection for Switch and you know Cuphead was a big announcement because it was an Xbox and PC exclusive, but that game makes sense on the switch and then ori comes out and you go okay that game also makes sense on the switch and when i say makes sense on the switch the switch is doing phenomenally for independent developers and for metroidvania games platforming games 
those style of games are doing really well on that on the the Switch platform. While no one is going out to buy an Xbox One just to play Ori in the Blind Forest. No one is <laughs> buying am. an Xbox. Well, yeah, but you're a, you're a crazy person. This is true. I just bought an Xbox One X because it's Gears. <laughs> Your second Gears Xbox One. And my and my second Xbox One X. Correct. Completely uh, out of control. I have a but no, uh, Cuphead also wasn't necessarily a system seller. So if you if if Microsoft is weighing the the cost, you know, there's a they're going to make money by put, porting it to the Switch and opening it up to a new player base while they're not losing the draw those titles have to the system because you're not buying an Xbox for those where if you could play Gears of War or Halo uh, or Forza on another platform, I think that does diminish the Xbox brand, you know, being their big AAA franchises. So it's it's not surprising. I think we all got a little ahead of ourselves when we started thinking that, you know, maybe we were going to see stuff like that on the switch. Well, I think obviously we got ahead of ourselves before we really knew what X cloud was. Um, it makes a lot of sense now that we've heard more about xCloud and what they really are trying to do with it and obviously learning about Stadia and everybody else's version of this service, uh, you know, games as a service and not really buying games anymore, just paying a subscription and, and playing games. But um, the, the so now that we know that, I think it makes a ton of sense that if Xbox can get that service onto the Switch it makes more sense for Xbox and it makes sense for Nintendo. If that deal can be made where it's like, Hey, yes, we're going to allow your subscription service to be on our switch. We just need a cut. And I think that's where it's going to come down to. Is that a possible negotiation that they can actually agree upon where I'm spending X amount of money to have X cloud access through my switch how does that work? Can it work? Be, you know, in that sense, properly. Um, you know, with the idea of you could turn your own Xbox into an X Cloud server now, right? That that's the whole point, and and that's free. But if you don't have an Xbox and you just want X Cloud, then you are technically paying for that VM, that virtual machine on Microsoft's side, and that cost, whatever that is, can Nintendo get a get a piece of it? by allowing it to go on the Switch. And then at that point, is it worth Microsoft to sign that deal because now they don't have to make a handheld device because now they have got, what, 20 million Switches out there that technically are portable Xboxes. Now, did, was it a prototype or did we see leaked stuff? Wasn't there something about an Xbox handheld that almost looked like a micro, like an Xbox controller that snapped onto a tablet? Didn't we see something like that two weeks ago? Was that official or was that just internet junk? It was a lot of it was internet junk. I think it yeah. was. There might have been some patents involved, but I mean, we all know the patent game is. That doesn't mean anything, right? They, they, Especially with Microsoft. Yeah, there's so many of those that pop up and then they never see the light of day. It's just just in case type deal. So, um, you know, obviously Microsoft in the past has been very open about the fact that they were are not making handheld devices. And, you know, I, I don't think they're on the verge of doing it. I think they they don't need to with that with the idea of can you make Nintendo happy and get xCloud to to pop up on the Switch, then then you don't need 
that handheld, unless you believe you can make a handheld device that can actually succeed, I, I don't, you know, like you think about the cost to develop a physical product and then the cost to manufacture it and then you sell it usually at a loss or a very small, very small mar uh, profit margin and you you rely on the profitability of your video of your software purchases and obviously your services now well if that's what you rely on and you don't have to create hardware and you could just you could just piggyback off somebody else's hardware that seems to make a lot of sense to me yeah so we'll see i think uh what do we have coming up here we have obviously pax west i'm not sure what uh Announcements will necessarily be had here just because we just got done with Gamescom, G Gamescom. But uh, I think right, right. You mean the Gamecom? Yeah, Gamecom. But after the, hot, the hottest handheld from 1998, the Gamecom. Yeah. But uh, after that, you, you know, we have uh, which was announced at Gamescom. God, Gamescom. I can't say it. The um, we have Xbox that announced the uh, the big. Xbox show in November in London, which uh, they've said will be their biggest show ever, which kind of sums up the fact that I think we're going to see what the new Xbox looks like. We're going we're to really learn about Scarlet. I think we're going to learn about xCloud even more. And I, I think November will have a much better picture painted of Microsoft's next generation and what their, what some of their goals are, what they want to achieve with, with this next gen. So, you know, I think at that point we could have a better idea if there is maybe at least a road being being paved towards Nintendo for xCloud or, hell, maybe they even just drop it and announce it there that they have this collaboration uh, for xCloud because it would be huge. I mean, you literally would come out the gate before you even sold a single new Xbox Scarlet and say... You can get XCloud on twenty million switches. Yeah. The so so your your infrastructure right out the gate. Like if you can make that deal, oh man, it just it just seems like like a home run. Especially if you can just make the deal where Nintendo looks at it and goes, yeah, we're gonna make a ton of money off this too. Let's do it. So we'll see. But uh, it's an interesting topic that they're you know it does make sense. I really thought like when they bought. Um, was it Obsidian, and and they announced the uh, the Outer Worlds? I thought that they were going to change change gears there and and pull that back into an exclusive, but they kept the you know they honored the fact that Obsidian was making that for everybody, and they kept it, which I, I like that, and you know they have shared some of their stuff, but overall, I think it is time for them to to take a little bit of they've they've done a really good job at buying all of these studios. And really building out the Microsoft Studio just plat just team, so it's time for them to actually be able to make some stuff that is unique to the Xbox name. No matter how you play it, if it's on PC or Xbox or or whatever, um, it, it definitely needs to have a little bit of exclusivity to it, so that so that there is that ur like you said, so there is that urge for me to want to purchase an Xbox product, not just. You know, oh, well, yeah, they made it, but I can buy it over here or I can play it on the Switch or I can, you know, like that. I like that. Don't get me wrong. We talked about tearing the walls down, but you got to you got to save a few things for yourself. Well, it, it would just be counterproductive uh, because 
gaming fans have complained and clowned on Microsoft for years now for this whole generation about just not having good exclusives, not having exclusives that people want to play. And Microsoft goes through all this effort to buy some really good game developers. And then they're just going to be like, oh, well, we're buying all these for exclusives, but yeah, whatever. Everyone can have them. Yeah, it do- that doesn't make business sense for installing systems in homes, you know? So uh, it would, you know, as great as it would be to be able to play all of Microsoft's great stuff everywhere, um, we, we know that they, they, they want to sell systems on more than just a service alone. They got to have uh, s- exclusive software to get people excited about the brand. Yeah. And I feel like things like, again, the Outer Worlds, if it really does take off and become an IP that is <coughs> on the same level as a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls, you know, it becomes something. They need to figure out how they can, you know, necessarily. I don't not necessarily spin it into an exclusive for Xbox. I mean, yes, you could do that, but at the same time, can you make sure that all the DLC comes out first on Xbox? And can you make sure that the whatever that is, um, giving Xbox side of it an advantage, um, making people kind of consider that being their home for that game is is important. You know, it was one reason why I did end up playing the, uh, Destiny 2 on the PS4 was because at the time Bungie had the deal with Sony to give those exclusives and to give early, you know, you, you got a little bit of early access to certain things on PlayStation before it ever reached Xbox. So it, it does, um, it does help. It does, it does, it will make people choose a side sometimes. So I don't know. They gotta they gotta find that balance. They gotta figure it out. I I'm still very happy with all the decisions they're making, and I'm very excited to see now how they can take that X Cloud platform and really uh, run with it. So, all right, good first topic that I I approve. Topic yeah. number. Two, oh, what were you gonna say? Yay! Just a simple yay. Just a yay. I earned one gold star. Let's see if I can get two more today. Your first one ever. And your last one. Topic number two, PUBG. Nope, that's it. That's all I got to say. All right, topic number three. No, topic number two, PUBG season four update and crossplay has finally been announced. So uh, this was something that I believe actually ended up happening at uh, GamesCon as well. And uh, basically, yeah, season four and crossplay are finally dropping on for the console, August twenty seventh. So you're pretty much listening to this. You can you can get it. There you go. I mean, it's it's here. Uh, it's been a little under a year since PUBG's Xbox one launch, which, my personal opinion, was a disaster. <laughs> and they've spent a lot of time just tweaking it, working on it, building it better. And, and really, and they have done a very good job at cleaning that up and sticking with it. So uh, they've added a ton of exciting content to the game, uh, winter theme maps, weapon progression system, a ledge grabbing mechanic, among a bunch of other things. So, you know, they, they not are continuing to improve the game, and they're also continuing to improve the game on the console side. So that's good. The... Um, the update will be coming to Xbox One on August 27th, like I said, um, and it's, it may be the biggest update yet with the arrival of a huge visual update to the map, uh, to the original map, uh, Survivor Pass Forward, which is titled Aftermath, 
And uh, this this overhaul to the original map it will include visu- uh, stunning visual enhancements, but also a weapon and vehicle rebalancing across the board. Uh, plus, they've added hidden secrets that give hints into the history of of the area, so you can um, you know want to be dropping in all your favorite uh, hot drop locations to look for these clues and and learn about the lore of of this area. So. That's cool. If you're not familiar with uh, Battle Passes, uh, the Survivor Pass, as they call it, the Aftermath, will allow players to unlock over 100 um, themed rewards as you level up. We've also, they've also added cooperative mission, missions to allow the community to work together towards goals and milestones. So as you achieve these milestones together, new rewards will be unlocked. So a little bit of co-op built in there for you, which is cool. Um, the cross-platform play is coming to PUBG on consoles only. So if you haven't been following these, this story, this does not include PC. This basically is going to allow Xbox players to play against PlayStation players. So it's similar to Fortnite minus the uh, mobile and PC integration like Fortnite has. Uh, so, yeah, and, and that's that's pretty cool. They've been working on figuring out how to allow the 100 players from both console communities to be able to play in the same match. And then, oh, okay. I thought, you, I thought that was a joke about there only being 100 people to play this game anymore. Right. Uh, their next goal is to make sure that matchmaking times were improved and they, they were able to achieve that. One reason being is uh, you know shorter wait times because you got more people. So uh, the, the, the opportunities for your to play uh, quicker is is seems to be working very well so that's good the um that that's good the the interesting piece of or or sorry the other piece of this that they're trying to do is they want to make sure that the console doesn't feel like a second class citizen right it's which is how it's kind of felt so far is that the pc gets all the attention and then you know console eventually catches up quite a ways down the road. So what they're trying to do here is make sure that uh, at worst, the the updates that that hit PC, it'll take two weeks and then console will be updated. So that's really what they're trying to do is, is make this a, um, a staple. Like this is it. If it hits August 27th and in two weeks, it's going to hit console. So um, that that's nice that they're trying to clean that up and make it more consistent so that p- players of of the console side can enjoy their game and they now understand when they're going to be getting that that new content so that's uh that's about it i think i don't i don't think i, I missed anything there i guess oh sorry for anybody that is that is excited for this that's waiting for this uh i will say that the xbox one and playstation 4 gamers will be a avi- the the cross-platform play will be available for testing on the PUBG public test server the pts uh beginning in late september and it will hit live servers in early october so again the season is hitting today, August 27th. This the the battle pass is hitting today, but the cross play uh, is still actually technically a little bit off. But if you have access to the um, to the test server, you'll be able to uh, give that a try late September, and then it's supposed to hit live for everybody in early October. So there you go. And their official website has a lot of those patch notes for uh, further details on the PUBG website. I think? have some questions for you on this one, yeah. Graham. 
How is this game still being sold for $30? Man, I didn't think about the fact that that game actually cost money. I just looked it up on the PlayStation Store because I was like, is this free to play now? Is this a $15 game? It's still $30 if you want to play this game on PlayStation. Now, I thought they released, and maybe that was just on mobile, but I thought they released like a light version, like PUBG yeah, the, Lite. There is, I think, a light or cheap, uh, free or cheap version on mobile. I don't know if it's got ads or what it is. Right. But I don't, I didn't see that option on the PlayStation Store. You know, like I just saw the $30 version of this game. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but I feel like PUBG, you know, it came out and it was the Battle Royale and everybody just flocked to it. And then Fortnite kind of stole the show and PUBG kind of got, kind of got left in the dust. And then, and then it, what, what happened was, it started to take care. Remember, this is what we complained about: is that the game was was buggy. They had all these problems. They weren't listening to their fan base, and that's you know. And so they started to actually do that, and they started to actually kind of clean their game up. And they found like a groove. They found a group of people that don't like Fortnite. They 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 want that realistic feel. They want that that you know that PUBG feel to their game and. You know, if anything, I think PUBG has kind of stabilized and really found its spot. Uh, it's not, it's not the mainstream battle royale. Obviously, that's still Fortnite. And then I would even put uh, Apex Legends behind Fortnite. And then you know, PUBG would would be coming in third. You know, competing with some others that are float around there, but I still think they're a solid third. So I don't know. I mean. How how does it still cost thirty bucks? That that's a good question. You would think at this point they would have uh, gone free to play, at least given you a free to play option, where where it's <coughs> limited, you know, limited um, access, or you can't carry. Like I don't know how you would restrict the game, but there's ways to you know restrict the game. So I um so, so I have the Steam numbers up here in front of me. Oh, do you? Okay, what what do we got? So if, if we want to look at the peak of PUBG when it was at its most popular was January of 2018 with over one and a half million players. Okay. It's a one and a half million average. We're just going to go off averages, not peaks. Okay. Where it's been in a solid decline. Now, this month is the first up month. This The last 30 days have been the first up that they've had in a while. It's currently at three hundred and seventy thousand. Yeah, so players. well off of what it was in its heyday. So, so <clears throat> it's been constantly falling. So, I mean, e but even if you look at the last six months, I mean, it's down fifty thousand average players in the last six months. So, if it does plateau off around three hundred fifty thousand, it can stay there for a while. I mean, that's still a good place. Uh, for a game to be at that's not you know terrible but it's uh it's not the juggernaut it once was and it just seems like if it was free to play they get that player count up i don't know you know i don't know how many people are still buying the game well that's the thing yeah i don't know how many people are buying the game and then you have battle passes now you have you have gear you know loot boxes in a way you have you have ways to monetize the game outside of just making that $30 purchase and so for me I think the cross-play addition to it is uh, cross-platform play is a big piece because now you're taking you're taking the Xbox and the PS4 community 
merging them together because my thought would be if if they're pulling what'd you say three hundred and seventy eight thousand average yeah three yeah three hundred and seventy thousand average three seventy okay I would if you took the console side of it combining PlayStation and Xbox I don't think you have that. Not even yeah, like not that's even. That's probably true because this is just Steam numbers, yeah. you know. And and I mean, part of that is because if you add those two together, you don't have three hundred thousand systems. And I get it that a system can have more than one account. You know, you got multiple kids in the house; they each have their own PUBG account, whatever. I don't, you know, I, I'm not saying it's impossible, but again, the numbers just seem like it'd be hard to. You'd have to be very popular. The game would have to be very popular, and I don't think, especially on console, I don't think it is. When you have Apex on console and you have Fortnite on console and they both perform with a controller in your hand a little bit better than PUBG does, in my opinion, I feel PUBG excels on the PC side, which is why you're seeing the Steam numbers where they're at. Yeah, that was just part of it that I never understood because I remember when you guys were real hype on PUBG, I was at least thinking about downloading it and trying to play it on my computer, and then Fortnite came out like uh, shortly after, and I was like, well, that's free, so let <laughs> me try that. And th- that's the, the thing is if you own a PlayStation or you own an Xbox and you have these two other Battle Royales that are free and arguably more polished – why would you pay thirty dollars, the half the price of a full retail game, to play this game? It, it I, I guess I just don't understand why anyone in August of twenty nineteen would pay thirty dollars to own a copy of PUBG. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I honestly forgot. I, 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 th- I think of this game in that same realm as Apex Legends and Fortnite, and just f- assume it's free. I, I honestly forgot that uh, that it cost money. So. That's a good. It's a good question. I, I don't know I, if anybody's listening that actually just recently bought it or is thinking about buying it. Maybe you chime into the Discord. You go to gameslomedia.com, click on that Discord button, hop in the uh, hop in the Xbox channel, and tell us tell us we're wrong. But I think you're right on this one as far as this game is not the su- the super hot game it once was, and a thirty dollar price tag on that pretty much means it's sitting on the shelf. Yeah, the virtual shelf. Yeah, I'm sure there's deals. I'm sure there's places you can get a good deal on it, and you know, especially, you know, digital codes people are selling and stuff. But if that's the retail going rate, seems crazy. Well, I also wonder too, and I don't know. I don't know this for sure, but is PUBG included in Game Pass? Oh, that's a really good question. Let me look that up real quick yeah. before we close this topic out, because that that definitely would, helps it, you know. But because th- didn't Microsoft buy Bluehole? Whoever made this game, is it? I think it's Blue Hole. I, I, honestly, I, I, they've been outside. I haven't thought about PUBG much, and then you picked this topic, and I was like, "Man, PUBG, how how you doing?" I I, I don't even remember. So, I have the uh, Game Pass app on my phone too. So I'm I'm pulling that up real quick just to see if you. It it looks like it either is. I'm not sure what date. Oh no, yeah, PUBG is on Game Pass. It, it's been on Game Pass since last November. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, PUBG Battlegrounds. There it is, holding a solid three out of five star. No, sorry, two and three quarters stars out of five stars. That makes more sense. Like having PUBG on Battle Pass makes sense to me. Buying it for thirty dollars on PlayStation does not. See, that's the thing. Yeah, and the place I always thought on the PlayStation side, which did come out later than the Xbox side, that yeah. um, you know they had that limited time exclusivity. So. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I still think your point is valid. Why? Why is there even a thirty dollars option? Like, just just make this free to play and build or build the same kind of business model that these other these other companies are having success with, and you know, and keep your game trucking along. And and maybe right now, maybe they are making enough money off of the fact that the game costs that has a cost to it, and they will eventually move to that. They just haven't reached that point because. Yeah. I feel like games that originally aren't that business model that switch to it. I mean, they switch to it because they're failing, right? And I'm not. PUBG is struggling, it, it, or it has. De- I don't want to say even struggling. It has declined because it's not the number one game or whatever. But um, is it struggling? I don't know. You know, like I'm three hundred seventy thousand compared to what? What did you say? Uh, Twenty eighteen January. Is that what you said? Yeah, which was like one and a half million. Yeah, one and a half million. So I mean, that's a big, that's a that's a huge decline. Um, you know, how do you how do you regain that? How do you yeah, build? It's, a, it's that like back a fifth up? of the player base. But you think about like Destiny Two, which we're about to talk about, right? Is is they're going free to play? Yeah, that's that game example I'm telling you about. That like success. Oh my gosh, Bungie! Oh my gosh, Destiny! One of my favorite games. A lot disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. Mess, you know, screw up after screw up. Game's dead. How do we fix it? Oh, let's make it free to play. Right? Let's make it free to play. Let's add these features that people have been asking for for years, and let's see if people will come back. Yeah. Uh, DC Universe still floating around. For, just hit Switch, didn't it? Uh, oh, did it? It either just hit Switch or it was announced and will be hitting Switch very soon. Yeah. DC Universe for sure is coming to Switch. But I remember playing DC Universe and paying a monthly fee, and th- and then like you know that game pretty much became just completely dead. Uh, and it went free to play. So that's what I'm used to seeing PUBG kind of is trending in that direction when you think when you look at it and so for me I just kind of think um, it's just a matter of time but good point all right moving into that third topic like we talked about destiny 2 cross save is up and running Woo! so this is kind of one of the first uh, you know the first pieces to Bungie's um, you know, resurgence of Destiny 2, they're, how they're attempting to bring it back uh, into the fold here. And we got some, uh, some, some stuff of how it's going to work. But if you haven't been, if you've, you know, you left, you left Destiny 2, you haven't even been paying attention to it at all. Um, you know, there's Bungie, first of all, Bungie left Activision. They, they separated and now, and Bungie retained the, the Destiny IP and their, their self, um, developing and publishing this game they're they're really trying to be just their own entity they don't want that uh that other company another company telling them what to do so with that being said uh, there's a lot of things building up around what their next expansion's called which is called shadow keep and obviously they're free to play light version they're calling it which will that same idea there's a free-to-play version you're gonna have you know less inventory less this less that because it's free and then you can buy into it to open that stuff up but if you want to get into destiny technically there is no initial purchase price you can get in for free at, um, starting october 1st october 1st will be when shadow keep and the free-to-play light version kind of uh, launch at the same time but the cross-save system, 
which will let you import your Guardians, your stats, your progress between the PS4, the PC, the Xbox One, and Google Stadia. That's coming out, or that's live already. That happened, if you're listening to this, yesterday. So um, you can get in right now. You can go to Bungie's website and you can set up your accounts. If you have characters across multiple account, uh, multiple systems and everything, then you'll see them all. And you need to basically pick your what they're calling your main account. You're going to assign one of those accounts to be like the account you're going to play on. That account will be movable across the different platforms. And whatever's in that account will uh, will move with it to with some exceptions and that's what we'll, and we'll get into that so but uh let's 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 start here does this mean that you can play with friends on other platforms no this is cross save not cross play so if you're playing on PlayStation 4 you still can't play with your friends on Xbox so that that's not going to help um, however, it does mean that if you jump over to the Xbox One version, uh, you won't need to start a new character. You could, you know, if you have friends over there, there let's say all your friends quit playing this game on PlayStation and you're left there just kind of dormant, but you see your friends on Xbox that still play the game, you could just move your character over, your items and stuff move with you, and you could then jump in with your friends over there. So that's pretty cool. Can cross-save be used to merge Guardians or collections built up between different platforms because that's going to be that next question people that have played on playstation xbox and pc let's say they've played across all three you will not be able to merge accounts you will have to pick your primary account and then that's the one that you're going to be using um that that's kind of a bummer but at the same time they just they're not going to let you merge that stuff together with that being said, there are some restrictions, so let's get into do previous purchases transfer between systems. This was this was the one that kind of bummed me out. Um, no, unfortunately, while your gear and items move between platforms, your expansion content and silver do not. Silver, I get. It's currency. You literally bought it with PlayStation points. Even if you used your credit card to get those PlayStation points, you bought it with PlayStation points. Why would they let you use your PlayStation point silver currency on an Xbox? Like that's, I get, I understand that because there's no way Sony would allow that. There's no way Xbox wants, you know, wants that to happen. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, as a result, though, you'll need to spend silver on the platform it was purchased on. Additionally, this is the this is the kicker: certain paid DLCs. The Forsaken, the Annual Pass, and the upcoming Shadow Keep will need to be purchased on each platform where you want to access its corresponding content. Yeah, see, that's a that's a that's a bad deal. That's the one that bugs me. And I, I also get like, it, but it still blows. I get it, and but at the same time, I like it. It drives me a little nuts that the word like it literally starts off certain paid DLC. So some of the DLC. They're going to give to you no matter what. And that's because it's the early DLC that no one cares about. And that's because they know no one's going to buy it. Right. So, um, Trials of Osiris and, and, and the first, and I, I <laughs> forgot what the other one was, but those, those initial ones, that's just going to be everywhere. But yeah, the Forsaken, the annual, your annual pass and Shadow Keep, you're going to have to buy that everywhere. So, like, I have Forsaken on PS4 
and I have Forsaken content. So if I was to then move my character over, what would happen if I didn't have Forsaken already bought, say, on the Xbox side? What would happen to my Forsaken content? Would it be there? Just not equipable? Like, what What would happen? And that that's something that they don't necessarily... Uh, we haven't dug deep into it, but at least on the on a high level, on Bungie's site, they don't really get into that. So... That's a little bit of a bummer, especially if you're going to be jumping back and forth. If you want to, you know, again, you got friends on multiple platforms and just depending on who's online or whatever, or who's going to be running the raid next week or whatever, you're going to move your character around. You just got to, you're going to end up spending a little bit of money to make sure that you have that same experience on the different platforms that you choose to play on. Uh, Can I disable cross save? Yes, you can do that um, if you decide that you um, want to, you prefer to split your save files between systems, right? You don't want to pick that primary account and 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 move just that account around. You you would just like to leave them all alone. You can do so. You can disable cross save, but once you do that, there is a ninety day wait to re-enable it. Um, this is done to discourage account recoveries by other players. So, you know, just understand that if you do that, you're not going to be able to turn it on for for three months. So. You know, you might not care, but that would suck if you did that. Didn't really have a reason to do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're getting your friends over here wanting to play. And you're like, oh, I wish I could move my account. I can't for three months. So Uh, how much does it cost, right? There's there's all this new stuff coming out. It's completely free. When the new light free-to-play version of Destiny 2 drops, you'll be able to comfortably transfer your Guardian and everything you own between systems without spending a cent. Uh, however, as noted above, you won't be able to access certain content without buying the corresponding expansion on each platform you want to play it on. So I guess that kind of answers my question, doesn't it? I didn't, yeah. read, I didn't read this part. So it'll be there, you just can't access it, is, is the way that I take that. So there you go. I just need to read that a second time and realize I answered my own question and I'm stupid. So there you have it. Man, your content, I, I, can't, I can't wrong you. I don't, I don't get nothing out of no content, booklet. Yeah, so if you don't have Forsaken, your Forsaken gear will move with you. You just can't equip it. So there you go. Uh, New Light will allow you to access the base game and first year's first year of DLC like we spoke about, but you'll be restricted from taking part in, say, the uh, Shadow Keeps New Raid um, or, or other items too um, from, like, Forsaken and stuff like that. So... Um, but yeah, so that's cool. Obviously, if it had cost to it, I think this would be dead on arrival. Like this needs to be free. You're you're trying to draw your player base back. It can't have this this function can't have a cost to it. So good job on Bungie's part recognizing that. Uh, what impact will this have on my clan? So clans became a pretty big deal in Destiny Two because your clan could could generate and earn extra gear and build build rep and allow you to do things as a group even if you weren't playing with everybody together they, like you could have clan members go off and do something and because, even though you took time off and or were just running solo you would still benefit from it so it was a it is a pretty big deal so your active account can only be included in one destiny clan so when you pick that your primary account you're going to pick your clan and uh, that will become your clan across all platforms you're playing from that account. Your active account takes up one player slot in your clan roster, and regardless of how many systems the account is active on. So you're not going to take up three because you move your account across all three platforms. 
Uh, you'll also only have access to clan teammates who are on the same platform as you at any given point. Clan objective progress carries over between systems, though. So that's the interesting piece. Is that technically, if you can convince everybody to be in the same clan, the the PS4 members can actually... can the pro- the progress can carry over between the systems. So that's that's mm. that's interesting. If you so if you take your character and you go from PlayStation to Xbox and your clan is, you know, a level I don't know I'm just gonna say four. I don't I'm not even sure how the, if how much the clan system has changed since the last time I played Destiny. Then that should move with you so that you don't have to start over again. That's cool. But it also leaves me questions of like, well, if that can move over, like there, there are other things that you just like some of these decisions you're making are just simply because you want to limit people. You don't want to give too much, but I don't know. Let's, let's break, let's break into this. Cause that's all I had to talk about as far as the details that that is how it works. That's, that's, that's a lot of the details. If you need to know more then you need to be on Bungie's website and reading, reading their, uh, you know, their fact sheet. But Dead I we both were, I would say, Destiny obsessed at some point. No and, doubt. And, you know, Destiny 2 had, we had high hopes for <clears> Destiny <throat> 2 and, and disappointment after disappointment. We've, uh, we, neither one of us has played Destiny, unless, unless you're, you've been, been playing it, but I don't think so. Neither one of us has played Destiny in quite a while. Yeah, I think I booted up Destiny about a year ago just to see how it looked on my new tv prior to that i had not played it since maybe april of 2018 so yeah, yeah still not that much different than july of 2018 so yeah. it's been over a year since i've even booted up destiny yeah so these changes that they're making the stuff that the stuff they're doing does it how, how do you feel first of all is this something that you're like hmm, maybe i go check out destiny again i mean <coughs> the biggest i think the biggest question we have here knowing you and knowing the things that you like we're right around the corner just a couple weeks away from borderlands 3 so how much can destiny really gain here with with the with the releases that are coming up yeah, I think what a lot of it would have to come down to is um, is the PvP fun again? Because that's the number one reason I stopped playing is I didn't like the 4v4 format compared to the 6v6 format. And I, I didn't like the, the changes that they made to Iron Banner. You know, like modes that I got really excited to play just weren't fun anymore. Um, and I got left behind in the, in the level progression, which are things they're allegedly f- going to fix. Because, again, I, I just don't think I'll buy any of the season pass stuff. But if I could hop in level and have fun playing pvp with my friends i'd get on if people were on if i saw other people that were my friends in a party like we used to do two years ago playing destiny i'd hop on and play but unless that's going to happen it's not going to draw me back in probably to just play solo ever again yeah i mean that's true because we've always burned through the story content um, short of like the raids. We've just burned through all of that and consumed it so fast that, yeah, we would get on and we'd play PvP and we'd have so many people that we'd run custom matches or we or, or whatever it was that we wanted to do. We did custom matches, trials. We, you know, we'd just get in there as a full squad and go wreck people in, in just our regular PvP modes, uh, Crucible. But I think... Um, you're right, though, in the fact that it 
wasn't the same. Destiny 2 never felt like Destiny 1, and that's where we fell in love with Destiny. And, uh, you know, that's that's the tough part. But I think things that things that we have seen, like even just the finishers, have, did you see this where they, they announced finishers? No. So now when a, when a character gets low, and I don't know if this is in PvP or not, but because they were showing it off in what looked like PvE mostly, but... Now when a character gets low, you actually can trigger a finisher where you go into a third-person view like you would if you had your sword, and you can actually like do a, like a, like a finishing move on this character and kind of just gives you that nice, you know, that good feeling that you just kicked somebody's ass. I mean, it felt good in Doom when you're kicking demons in the head, so I, I guess it probably would in Destiny yeah. as well. It's nothing new. It's just something new to Destiny, and they were just showing it off at uh, Gamescom. And that's where I was like, okay, that's cool. The only problem I had was they like kept showing Titans, and it was like one move, like the, it was the same move no over and over and over. And I'm like, so what? Did you literally give each class one finisher? Because I feel like that's lazy. Each each one should have at least I don't know three, three at a minimum, maybe a couple more just to be safe. Where and just have it be a like a random roll, random roll as to what you're gonna get, or based off of if I come up behind somebody or if I'm in front of somebody or whatever, it triggers a different finisher like that. That, but but again, I don't know. Maybe that's the only one they were ready to show. But that's something that they're talking about bringing to to the game. If that was brought to PvP, I think that'd be fun. You know, it'd be a fun way to. I don't want to say taunt, but it'd be a fun way in competition to kind of, you know, flex. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. The game definitely has my attention again. Where I'm look, I'm paying attention. We're actually covering some Destiny Two news, which is not which I've I've let plenty of it slide by because I just feel like the game doesn't do anything for me and for many people that I know. Um, the community used to be very big into Destiny, and and we talk about it every day. You you don't hear anything about it in the community anymore. So, uh, you know, we we pick and choose our news topics carefully so that we're not boring. But I think this is that game where. We've had plenty of people that say, I'll download it and, and check it out again with you guys, you know, and that's that also helps when you hear uh, some of the fans and, and, and other uh, crew from GameZilla say, yeah, let's uh, let's give it a try here when it goes live. Well, we're, we're right on the verge of that. So we'll uh, I think I will be checking it out because, like you said, the one thing it always can do is that when you put that disc in or you load up, you load up Destiny 2. It just feels good. The mechanics mm, are gold. And so anytime you just drop, even me dropping, like uh, I got my new PC monitor a couple months ago, I fired up Destiny 2 and played the tutorial just so I could, you know, test the monitor out because it just felt good. You know, quickly after that, I stopped playing it because I was not about to go through the crazy grind of building out my PC uh, characters, but now we have cross save, and I can literally move my PS4 character over and play on my newly upgraded PC with my new monitor, and really get a feel of my <coughs> warlock, my maxed out warlock on the PC. <coughs> There's sick that I just, just I'm, I'm dying. Coughing. This will be my last show. Yeah, I have a I have a video feed in into his bubble so that I can keep an eye on him. He just spewed blood all over the wall. It was it was weird. Well, yeah, if you're not coughing blood, you're not even coughing. Yeah, that's true. You're not sick. That's true. All right. But, uh, yeah, so 
that's Destiny 2 news, and that is our overall news. So we want to you know, remind everybody, if any of these topics uh, hit home for you and you want to talk to us about them more, do it in the Discord. GameslowMedia.com, click on the Discord button, join for free, talk with gamers from around the world every day, and uh, hop on over to whatever channel it is you want to, you know, that you play Destiny in, and, uh, and bring it up. We'll, uh, we'll continue the conversation. Maybe you're very excited for Shadowkeep. I, uh, I'm excited to, it's tough. I'm excited to play Destiny 2 and see what's changed. But the problem is, is I'm not excited to give Bungie money for Shadow Keep. So like if it's all if a lot of it's behind the Shadow Keep wall, I don't know if I'll pull the trigger. I'm honestly just, you know, even though I pick these news topics, I'm just surprised. Like six months ago, I probably would have bet 20 bucks we'd ever talk about Destiny 2 again, which is dead and buried game. So I'm surprised that uh it's at least it's even on our radar enough where you and I are considering going back. Yeah, and that's what I think has me I don't want to use the word excited, but has me like interested is the fact that it is growing enough attention that I actually turned and, and paid attention to it because we've definitely Bungie Bungie's new, been in the news. Like there's been things going on since they left Activision. Cause I'd say that's the last thing we covered when they bailed on Act, yeah. you know, they, when they separated, but, uh, but but I just didn't I haven't cared and I didn't think anybody else cared so I think we didn't cover it. This is we're getting to that point now where I think people are starting to care again and that's interesting. All right. Well, before we uh, finish up the news, did we want to uh, take care of our Patreon topic? Right. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and do it. Uh, we have a uh, our Patreon topic this week. Uh, and like we talked about at the top of the show, uh, we're, we're constantly trying to change and evolve what we're doing with Patreon. And what we've been doing for a while is here's two, two news topics picked between them and we'll cover one of them. Well, now we want it to be more of an open opportunity for you to leave a comment on our Patreon page and say, hey, this is what I want you guys to talk about this week. And our good friend The Glitch went ahead and he left us uh, a little nugget that we're going to talk about here. It's uh, It's interesting to see where we're at a year later. So... Uh, Glitch had to say today is the one year anniversary of the Jacksonville landing shooting during the Madden 19 tournament. How have things changed over the past year as far as video game violence associated with shootings? Man. Heavy, heavy topic. It's a heavy topic, but it's also when I saw this, it's, it's really good. Like, first of all, thank you, Glitch. This was this is good. This is exactly that that piece that we were look that we're talking about our fan base is like, that's something that you recognize as being a one year anniversary. You turned it into a unique piece. You asked it. It doesn't have to just be someone go scrolling through IGN and saying, Oh, destiny two cross saves up. Well, what do you guys think of that? That's what we used to do. And it worked, but this, this adds a layer. I think this adds a layer to it. This is an interesting topic. My take on it though, is that we haven't moved at all. Uh, in any any direction, in my opinion, just because of of the recent shootings that we just had that we just and we just covered, and how video games just instantly got put on the blame you know the blame game, and you know even all the way to the president of the United States basically saying that we need to crack down on these violent video games because that's what's going on here. So I mean, I can't speak to. I don't want to. I don't want to dog any organizations, any events that have put effort 
into making them safer. I'm sure there definitely has been some, you know, some of that stuff going on. And I just went, I was just downtown, you know, for an event and a video game event. And I felt very safe and I felt like the, the, the event did a very good job, but it was of a very big scale. So on a smaller scale, how, how is it being done? I, I, I honestly can't speak to that. What I can speak to is violence being related to video games and, and that world of people wanting to place blame. It hasn't gotten better. And that's, that's super disappointing to me when we have, you know, it, we have a lot of doctors coming out, a lot of, a lot of these studies coming out that are showing no connection that, that these people want to make and want to point the finger and they want to blame because they have nowhere else to go, at least in their opinion. They have nowhere else to, to find, be able to place that blame. And some people have to be able to place blame, otherwise, like they lose their, they, they can't function. So if you can't place blame, then then it then it can't happen, and, and it's not acceptable. So the fact that they can just point at video games and say, "Well, this is why it happened," that then they can they can close that off and kind of move on. So that that's just again, this is all my opinion. So if you don't agree with it, that's fine. This this is where these thoughts are coming from, though. I'm not not taking this from any article right now. I um you know what happened what happened at the Madden tournament was was super super scary, super sad and it was someone that couldn't accept loss that didn't under, you know and and it could have what happened there could have been triggered by anything. Him getting fired by his at his job, you know, getting getting uh, pulled over and given a ticket for breaking the law, like different things would have could have triggered that same reaction where he would have just gone off the deep end because it wasn't the fact that he was a Madden player, it wasn't the fact that he played video games, it was the fact that there was a mental illness, that there was something wrong with that person, and you know that is the bottom line of this that we can't seem to to move past and we just want to find that underlying thing well guess what all kids play video games i'm sorry the maj- like majority of kids young adults all the way up to you know our people our age and even past us so many people play video games now it's an easy blame game to sit there and say wait did you ever play video games oh you did <laughs> see that's why he shot those people. And as far as your question of where we're at, again, shooting in Texas and, 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 the, and the shooting in uh, Ohio, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, is It's the same thing. Did you play Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why you got problems. Grand Theft Auto taught you how to kill people. So I don't know. I um, it's a tough subject. That I, I, I what, do you, what do you think on this? What what do you, what do you have to add to this point? I guess because it is something that we have recently talked a lot about with with the Walmart controversy and everything just within the last month. Um, I guess the can, the most concise way I could put it is you know we're we're a year out from from that tragedy. and the conversation uh, of what is actually going on that, people are shooting other people it's being belittled by scapegoating yeah by saying it's the it's the video games no there's no that doesn't make any sense um it it, it, so it seems like it's actually 
a detriment to the conversation of mental health, the detriment to the conversation of, you know, if you want to get into gun laws, you know, all of that, um, whatever, whatever side you stand on with, you know, those arguments, scapegoating video games, uh, hurts everyone's argument because it, it, it seems like nonsense to me. So we're still not any further away from that a year out than we're probably even more video games are being scapegoated even more a year later. It's unfortunate. Yeah. No, I think you're right because of the uh, the famous public faces that are now, you know, anti gaming that are really starting to push a uh, you know push that that side of it, and <clears throat> it's just um, it's unfortunate because I think I think it upsets me more now than it did a year ago because in this last year we have done a lot to help people through video games. If it comes down to us donating those gaming carts to uh, the arcade events that we've been able to attend, to even traveling to PAX in a few days here to uh, you know talk about the platform that the Children's Hospital has built to help kids heal through gaming and help them help them feel normal and and just have fun, you know, like I've watched what gaming can do, and you know from a, from a helpful healthy standpoint and it's it has changed me and so when this happens and then the fingers just get pointed with with no data and with no true answer it's not like they have this shooter in captivity and their responding is oh yeah i learned this all from Fortnite, and you know this subliminal messaging that came through um grand theft auto was what really brainwashed me into making into shooting people like we don't have any of that we just have people that are looking and they're like, well, we don't have the shooter because we, because we killed him. And uh, we went into his bedroom and we saw on his shelf, Grand Theft Auto, that must have been it. Like, I just, I hate the laziness and, and just, just the complete lack of evidence. Yet, yet <coughs> well, we, you, don't, you don't need to put in effort and you don't need evidence when you're scapegoating. Right, and so it just drives me crazy, especially more now because of because of what we've been able to do and 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 help out and you know from from events like we said with the with the children's hospital to the vintage video games after dark and you know and even just competitions that we've gone to that are you know I will sit there and say that they're of they're violent video games. I mean, yeah, generally a competition when it comes to a game, there's uh you know there is health bars and the idea is to deplete to deplete the other person's health bar so you know i don't want to sit there we want to sit there and keep using the word kill this person kill that person but it's the same idea defeat the other person beat the other person and that's you know when i look at that how i view it i don't care if it's if it's the game with guns or if it's a guy with a sword or if i have magical powers the idea is it's a competition and i look at it the same way as i look at a soccer field Okay, when I was on the soccer field, my, my goal was to take that soccer ball and put it in their goal. And my in the end of the game, I wanted a higher score than them because I wanted to beat them. Okay, and competition was fierce, and fights happened, and bench brawls happened, just like we watch in baseball on a professional level, and we, we watch it everywhere. So you can't tell me that you can go to a football game and listen to some of the words and hate that comes out of these people's mouths as they line up against each other and they want to literally just rip each other apart 
and say that, that, that that's any different than when I go play a competitive video game. And so for me, it's just, like you said, it's a scapegoat and it's, it's old. It's a, it's a played out played out record. I am tired of it. I don't, ca- I don't care what these people are saying anymore because they're wrong. And, you know, this is also why I feel a lot of that, um, that news coverage, that focus, if, uh, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, that I, but it's already kind of gotten real quiet and there's not been a whole lot of talk about gaming violence, gaming, ca- games cause violence anymore. And it hasn't been that long since the shootings. Yeah, it's it's calmed down over the last last couple of weeks. So, and I just feel like wow, that faded quick. Considering they were just gung ho as to how they were going, that this was the problem, and we're going to change it, and blah blah blah. And then it was just like moving on. What's next? What's the what's the new hot topic that we can uh, that we can yell about and get people ramped up about and either support us or hate us for it? Fear mongering is a full time job, Grim. So what's one thing? Okay, how about this? Let's let's close this out. Yeah. Glitch has got me thinking. What's one thing you would like to see changed to help this situation? It could be it could be within the gaming industry, it could be outside the gaming industry where you you know you want some some support from from an outside source, <laughs> but what's one thing that you think you would want to see that you believe could maybe just help kind of put this to bed? And let us let us grow. Let us ex- hmm. let us better ourselves. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed. And I, I think this is uh, this is a decade too late because of the way video games are purchased digitally now. I remember when I worked in the video game department at Worst Purchase, and a mom would come in and her kids like, I want this game, and he'd hand her Grand Theft Auto, and the kids like seven. And, you know, I'd be like, yeah, hey, uh, I, I got to let you know, like, there, there's a lot of stuff in here that's, uh, you know, it's, it's a mature game. It's not meant for a child. Uh, I, I would actually really like that, you know, physical copies of, of games, especially M-rated games, to have some sort of description, uh, even if it's like at the register that the cashier needs to say, to be clear, this game contains gun violence or this game contains uh, brutal, brutal fighting and guts and gore, you know, like th- actually explain to the parent what they're buying for a child, because, you know, kids brains are developing. There is a certain sense uh, of, you know, exposure to violence. It, it could have effect on on the way people look at things. I don't know. I don't think on a grand scale playing video games makes you a violent person. But I do think that. There are irresponsible parents that are letting kids play things too. I don't think a 10 year old kid should be on Call of Duty, regardless if it makes them violent or not, you know? Um, So I I think better informing parents and hoping that they care, that'd be something that I'd like to see happen. But I I think we're too little too late on that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, I mean, like you said, the, the digital world versus physical world, I could see the, the problem there, but it's a good idea. It's a good thought. So my, my idea that, that I would like to see is, I want stories shared. And so what do I mean by that? I, I follow the, uh, the whole North America LCS League of Legends, right? That's the professional league for North America of League. And there's, there's what, eight teams or something like that now. And um, in each team, there's a whole squad. 
of kids that are professionals, that have contracts, that are that are being developed into into young businessmen making decisions that people their age back when I was their age never had to make. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of useful storytelling there that you could for people to show the positive side of what something can do for you, you know, that's not as that's not the negativity that, that we're used to seeing. And so my one example would be uh, there's a there's a there's a player named Double Lift. He plays for Team Liquid in the League of Legends uh, in ALCS. He's arguably the greatest North America player ever for League of Legends, and he's very good. And he did very well this past weekend, and there's a lot that's happened in his life that is just unbelievably sad, and it happened recently. His parents being basically murdered by his brother. Um, and I believe it was actually, sorry, his, I think his um, mom was murdered and the dad survived. I, I actually, I don't remember the. It's I, definitely a tragic story. Yeah, I feel sure. like one of them survived, but either way, by his own brother. It's just, it's crazy, scary, sad. And, you know, to watch, uh, you know, it's something that like, in my mind, I like, I don't know how I'd ever come back from, right? And through, and I'm not saying it's just League that helped him, but through his team, through the friendships he's built and through the support, the, the support channels that he has because of a video game, in the end, in the end of it all, a video game has given him this, this, these opportunities, these support channels, all this stuff. And people just don't, they don't pay attention to that type of stuff. I feel like that story, not that Doublelift himself would really want that to be retold over and over again. But I feel like it it's already been forgotten where stupid things like swatting and just and, and dumb stuff like that live on and just continue to be brought brought back up and everything. And so I think there's a lot of uniqueness that these companies like Riot, these players, these individuals, these streamers can can make sure that they share their positive their positive memories and their positive outcomes of things and to to kind of combat all the negativity that does float around video games at times and that's something that I would I like to see more you know like I I'm proud of us when we talk about the gaming carts that we were able to deliver and about the events that we're able to help out at like that to me is like is so rewarding and I think I look at it not in the sense of like good for us and yay for GameZilla. But at the, but I look at it as like, I helped someone today forget about their illness. I helped someone today learn how to play Mario Kart and just be a kid. I had like, those are the things that like make or that make my weekend when I'm able to, to do that on a weekend or, you know, or I get to talk about on this podcast and, and just and share it. And then because of it, someone hops on the discord and says, Hey, When's the next mod arcade? I want. I want to get involved. You know that is. Those are the things that like I like to share. Those are the things I like to talk about because it paints the picture that I believe to be true. Uh, how helpful gaming can be, no matter what the game is. Sure, we go to mod arcade and we're dealing with a lot of young children. So guess what? We don't play violent video games, and that's okay. But at the same time, I don't blame the violent video game for causing these problems because I watch games like 
uh, Apex Legends and prof- you know on a professional level and and League of Legends on a professional level and it's w- what they're able to do and 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 what they're and what they're able to achieve and and what they're able to help people. I mean, think about one skin that I one Cho'Gath skin that raised so much money that was designed by a kid that was sick and just wanted to, you know, wanted to make a skin. And Riot reached out to him and said, hey, let's make a skin. Who do you want to make it for? He picked the champ. He, he designed the skin. That skin to this day generates money for a good cause. Like, yeah. it's stuff like that that just doesn't get talked about enough when we get buried by all this negativity. And that's what, it just drives me down. So I it's like... Just, it's false negativity, yeah. too. And, and yeah, then that makes it even worse. <laughs> but But, you know, so much... So much hate can be can be combated with just positivity and and love and 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 that and that that side of it and you know it's that old saying like when we worked at Worst Purchase, you get someone that's upset about a product, they're gonna scream and yell, hundred times more than the person that bought something and liked it. Yeah, and it's so true. You know, someone has a bad experience, they scream. Someone that has a good experience is living in the good experience and, and is too busy to sometimes even talk about it because they're having such a good time yeah. and I'm super happy for them. But sharing that good experience is very important. So if you are, ha- if you have that story, write a blog, share it, put it on social media, talk about it, you know, make sure people are out there realizing that you're not just a gamer because you like games. You're a gamer because it saved your life. You're a gamer because it because it changed you know you met your wife because of it. You're like there are so many things out there that are positive that revolve around gaming that that can be shared and need to be shared. And that that's my point. That's what I'd like to see more of. Good topic, Glitch. Thank you so much. Again, remember, if you are part of Patreon, patreon.com slash gamesillamedia, this is something that you can do. This is just one aspect of Patreon that you can help influence podcasts. You get early access to the shows. You get custom content that you can't get anywhere else. All of that lives at patreon.com slash gamesillamedia. This has been our attack on the news, and for these topics and much more, you can visit gameslowmedia.com and continue the conversation, like I said, in our Discord. But uh, let's move it on. We uh, we got a little bit more to talk about, so let's get into our Zilla update, because we have a, a really good Zilla update this week. And I hit the wrong button, because Dead Eye's yeah, not, not easy, is it? Dead Eye's not here. Not that ah. easy. If I wouldn't have said it, you wouldn't have known. You would have been like, oh, he's just slow. Deadite. Zilla yes. update. Game moment of the week. What you got for me? Uh, I don't want to take up a lot of time because I think your Zilla update's more interesting than mine. Playing uh, pretty much exclusively just playing Spider-Man. And really liking it. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I've probably put like seven, eight hours into the game by my estimation. Maybe more than that at this point. I'm 45% of the way through the story. And I'm doing exactly what BMC said I was going to do. Uh, and that's get really distracted by all the side quests. It, so it happens, uh, I'm man. a side quest machine. It's it's how I play games. Uh, I just I like doing the side quests. So and the, the Spider-Man game is designed really well where you're just swinging through the city trying to get from point A to point B and you pass uh, six things you can do as side quests. So I do them. So um, it's great. Yeah, that's the thing. I um, I'm just they did such a good job with that where 
it doesn't feel like you have to go out of your way. It's just, oh yeah, I got the time. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna clean this area up, and then I'll go to the next story mission. So yeah, yeah they did that great. Uh, yeah, so I had a big weekend. You know, I'm gonna start with uh, my non-gaming moment. Friday, I got to take my dad to Michigan International Speedway and put him in a McLaren 570S supercar and let him race around the track three times for his Father's Day gift I picked up a couple months ago. And I got to watch my dad, you know, act like a, you know, an 18-year-old or whatever, a kid again, right? He was, uh, it was, it was awesome. I, and you know, the, uh, the comment that I think got me to to tear up a little bit was he goes, that was the best Father's Day gift I've ever had. So that was pretty cool. I, I was super happy to uh, to be able to do something like that for him. And it was such a cool event. And, you know, they, they, they only, I, one reason, I guess I can, ex, I can make the excuse that they had some cool simulator stuff going on there that was video game-esque. So there you go. There's the video game angle. But man, these cars were cool. And the fact they got to race around a track that's, is, you know, that's one of, if not the biggest track here in Michigan. Um, that's something that he'll never forget, that I'll never forget. And again, what I've talked about in just recently, memories, positivity, things like that that we, that we can share are super cool. So check out Extreme Experience if, you, if that's something that you would like to do or you would like to gift to somebody. They did a great job. They were super professional. And, uh, you know, I would recommend if, if you're in the cars and you want to you want to race something that you don't feel like you could ever afford to buy. Uh, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. And then, of course, uh, the weekend hit and I was very busy because uh, the North American NALCS Summer Championship Finals was here in Detroit at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, Rocket Mortgage basically made it happen, brought them in here to our brand new stadium. And um, man, I just have to hats off to Rocket Mortgage, to LCA, to Riot. They did a phenomenal job at creating an eSport experience for people. If you were a fan of League, you had an amazing time. If you had no idea what you what you were walking into... You had an amazing time, and that was the key. That's the point that really has to be made moving forward for all these types of events. We brought people that it was their first time, and we brought people that don't understand the game, and obviously we sat with people that were very familiar with the game, and everybody had an equal fun time. The, uh, the LCA, first of all, I have to kind of – I've dogged that stadium quite hard um, – First of all, they've done a good job just tweaking it and changing a few things. Second of all, now that I've been able to get down lower and and get some better seats, I can say, wow, state-of-the-art technology, really, really nice. Still sucks that we don't really have a team that's playing there that's fantastic, but for events like this, holy hell. As long as you're not in the upper bowl. Right, you're not in the upper bowl. Holy hell is the Jumbotron like the most beautiful monitor I've ever seen. I never realized I've only been there for a couple events and I've never realized that the monitor is, 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 um, bezel Like they're literally, mm-hmm. it it's goes, crazy. it's crazy. It goes, it, it literally goes to the edge. And then as you go around the edge, it just picks back up. Like there is nothing, there is no bezel. It is so beautiful that normally riot brings their own screens because the jumbotron is not big enough for riot. 
they didn't hear it. They used they used little Caesar's Arena screen and just dropped it down to to the proper height. We were dead center in the arena, row eight, and we just loved the whole weekend. Great games, great people around us, um, great interaction with Riot employees, Riot cosplay, whatever was going on. Then they made the experience outside in the beer gardens and, and, and all those areas that are, that are outdoors but still closed off. They, they created the, um, the experience of here's every organization that's part of League. You can just go to their booth. You can play games and try to win stuff. You can buy things. Here, you, know, you want a free water? Here you go. Here's a FlyQuest cup. You want like there's oh here, here's, a, here's a giant tent that's just an arcade. Go in there, play League, play TFT, or just play some skee-ball. We don't care. It's free. You know, oh, you want to meet Nade Shot and, and and just talk to him? Get in that line and just hop into this little igloo here and you can talk to him in there. It, it just was really nice. And then you had the giant stage with, with another amazing monitor out there where they were doing live podcasts. They were doing fun one-on-ones where it was random people in the crowd going one-on-one against people like Tyler One or the owner of Team Liquid or the owner of C9. Like, And you were watching people from, from the crowd beat these people and it was just fun it was just a good time you know you'd go over to the beer garden you get a drink you'd sit down at a picnic table or lounge in one of these like little like um bean bag bean bag chairs and just watch the game as you waited you know for the actual uh third place game to start on saturday um really amazing time i've been to four in a row so this is it's not my favorite, but it's my second favorite. Like it instantly became number two. I still have to pick my first one was the best in Toronto just because of what they used to have, which was called the Riff Walk. If they ever brought that back, that that's the one thing I'd love to see come back. But this was an easy number two, very close to number one. And it was just a good time. And that's coming from somebody that both my teams that I wanted to win lost over the weekend. So normally I would be distraught and upset, but I had such a fun time just experiencing it and, and bringing people that have never played before to, or, or even watched the game before sometimes uh, to, to the, to the uh, event. I just, it was fun. It was, it was great. And that's what I want to see out of eSports. That's what needs to happen. And, and I'd love to see, um, hopefully this was super successful for Riot, and hopefully LCA can can take those numbers and say, hey, this is why you want to bring Overwatch League to us. This is why you want to bring a Fortnite tournament here. This is why you want to bring these things. Because even games that I don't care about, um, if it's esports and it's going to be half of that, I'll be there because it was fun. And I like watching competitive gaming. So... Yeah, I uh, had a really good time. I want to thank, um, give Chops a huge thanks because it was it was because of him that we were able to acquire the the tickets the the way that we did. So that was a huge help. And um, you know, shout out to everybody that we saw there. We saw a bunch of bunch of our friends, and then a bunch of just new people. And that's the cool thing about League is and and again, a gaming community. And as toxic as League can be, I have never walked into a League event. And met anybody that that like was mad or grumpy or hated me because I was wearing the wrong jersey or something like that. It's just everybody wants to talk about league. Everybody wants to share their experiences and everybody wants to just hang out and share their gamer tags or whatever it is. It's just a fun time, and you know it reminds me a lot of obviously like gaming conventions like we're about to go to, and yeah. The fact that it was right in our backyard, we were able to drive in, spend the whole day there, and then we came home. 
We converted the studio into a giant land party, filled it up with like eight people and just played league till four in the morning and then got up Sunday and went to the finals back downtown. That was, uh, that was a lot of fun. It, it was a great experience. And I, um, I look forward to doing it again next year, wherever it ends up being. Uh, cause th- that's one of my trips I like to take every year is wherever those finals are going to be. Cause I've yet to have one that was a bad experience. And you saw a lot of the pictures that I, um, it looked really cool. Looked like you guys were having a blast. Yeah. It just, it was so cool. And again, the, uh, <coughs> the LCA, the roof is all these like high end, uh, LED system, right? That they could it's do a, a lot nice of- stadium. Yeah, and so they did. They used that, right? And so everybody that walked in was given these wristbands that I thought just lit up, right? You pull a tab on them, and I thought they were just going to light up. They all were controlled by the same thing that controlled the lights up top. So if you sat on one side, and that was the blue side of the map, and you sat on the other side versus the red side of the map, that's what would glow when, like, certain things would happen. When... um when someone would kill the first Drake or take the Baron or something, right? These objectives in the game, the the there was giant parts of the floor that were blank, and they would project animated dragons, like fully animated dragons that took up the whole floor. It was just this giant dragon flying through the air, and it's just like again, it was just a spectacle. Like even if you didn't care about the teams that were playing or you had no idea what you were even watching, it was still just like wow, the production value of this is insane. But yeah, it was a great time. If you have an opportunity to to attend an event like that, I highly recommend it. Especially League is just they do such a good job with it. But you know, Overwatch, uh, sorry, League of Legends, Overwatch League, um, again high, has high production value, and they're trying to do a lot of the same. And now we now we're looking forward to see how Epic can take um, things like Rocket League and maybe bring build up their pro league because they've had a pro league for seasons and it's just a lot smaller so can they can they put that up on a pedestal as much as they maybe not as much but somewhat as much as uh fortnite but yeah that 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 was a great time had an amazing weekend and now i just got to work a couple days and i'm off to seattle to go to pax west and have another four days of just amazing gaming time and and get to get to visit the you know all the major booths, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo. We're you know we're hanging out uh, in Seattle with Children's Hospital, CS Mott Children's Hospital, and and our good friend uh, JJ and Connor. And we're going to be doing you know all sorts of cool events out there. So we'll we'll make sure that uh, Craig and I will make sure we're we're documenting as much of it as we can and sharing it out to you guys because uh, you know this is all this is all happening because of our community, because of our fans, and and really just giving us this platform to. Uh, you know, to be able to to do these types of things. So, yeah. Game moment of the week. Super long, but there you have it. It was a good one, though. I mean, it's not not every week you get to go to a uh, championship uh, here, right here in our hometown. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. And both games went to all five games. So, I mean, like, you couldn't ask for a better series. There was no sweeps. <laughs> there was reverse sweeps and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you went to get as much league as you could, you that's what you got as many games as possible so i mean i was just in it for liquid to win you know well there you go you got what you wanted if only immortal could come back um immortals bought a team actually 
Oh, really? So now the question is, will they actually change the name to Immortals or not? I don't I don't know what's going to happen here. So yeah, they'll have to jump off the liquid bandwagon and get back on the Immortal bandwagon. Yeah. So technically, uh, the Immortals organization has found worked their way back into the league. We'll find out next season how that's all going to pan out. So same with like Clutch Gaming, who I was rooting for. They technically are owned by Team Dignitas now because they were mm. bought. Um, yeah. So do they does that end up changing or or how are they going to uh you know how are they going to take care of those brands now that they technically own two brands are they just going to keep them kind of sharing amongst each other or what but anyways getting off topic here those are our gaming moments of the week we always love to hear from everybody what they're doing what's their gaming moments of the week maybe you went to the lca finals and you have your own stories to tell the discord that's where i'm hanging out that's where i'm sharing my photos that's where i'm talking about the event that's where you need to go, and you can share your photos and sh- talk about the cosplay that was out of insane. The cosplay was insane this weekend. The, the person that won the cosplay contest, wow, it was one of the coolest cosplays I had ever seen. And uh, we, you know, there's uh, there's going to be some, there's some pictures on the Discord. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, join the Discord. There you go. All right. Well, uh, that's been our show, episode 275 of the GameZilla podcast. But that I, why don't you tell some people, like, you know, if this wasn't enough or they hate our show and they want to listen to something else, we have other shows. Yeah, if you, if you need some more gaming action or you're just like, man, one podcast a week is not enough for me, well, you're in luck. We have a retro gaming podcast, The Legend of Retro, hosted by uh, Chops and Xander, Glitch, and Craig WK. Uh, noobs and Dragons start up that brand new season, a brand new quest. New noobs are learning how to play Dungeons and Dragons with the Dragon Master, Craig WK. Last Action Podcast, covering all your action movie needs. And, of course, Noiseland Arcade, our Simpsons podcast. And who doesn't love learning more about the greatest television show ever made? Exactly. You can also find us on YouTube. We do stream, so you know, find you can go right to gameslomedia.com and you can see people like Matrix on stage, Craig WK, myself, Grim the Dino, Owl Zero, Spidey2KX. There's all sorts of us playing different things. We stream on Facebook, Twitch, Mixer, we're, you know, depending on who it is. So you can find all of our links right on the website or uh, again, if you join the Discord, each streamer has a unique channel right in the Discord, so you can actually talk to them uh, right there, and you can their links are posted when they go live. So another way to find us. The blog, we got all sorts of stuff on the blog, including uh, Sphinx's latest uh, music blog that he's been starting up here. So if you're a music fan, you want to learn things that you thought you thought you knew everything about some of these groups, Go read these blogs. These are so well done by Sphinx. Um, I, I remember when he was pitching the idea to me, and I'm like, well, we don't really deal with music, but, you know, I'm going to let you run with it because you seem very passionate about it, and that's something that's important to us here. And, wow, he's uh, he's he's killing it. So make sure make sure to, to take a read, leave a comment, and uh, let him know how, what a good job he's doing. So And then, of course, one more time, folks, Discord. That's how that's that, that's that's the community. Every day we're in the Discord talking about things. So if you're looking for a group of people to talk nerdy things, <laughs> just join the Discord. If you're if you want to talk to Deadeye and be like, hey man, get your ass to the doctors. That's where you're gonna do it, and that's where you. Hey, doctors ain't cheap, man. <laughs> and then lastly, we want to we want to thank everybody once again. Thank all of our patrons. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/gameslowmedia. Our patrons are what help 
keep the doors open and help us keep making content. So your support is very important to us. Um, you know, from one dollar on up, it, all of it helps. So thank you so much. If you know, if you're unable to support and you, and you want to help us, share our Patreon link. Tell people, hey, these guys are great, and if you want even more content, this is how you're going to get it. A share is just as important as a patron. So there you go. Thank you so much. Um, I will be in packs actually on uh, Monday. I'll be coming home Monday. So I think the idea is we're going to try to do a show on Monday. We haven't really discussed that. There is a possibility because of why we're going out there and who we're going to be hanging with. I don't want to make any promises. I don't want to say any names yet, but there is a possibility that we might actually do a show there at uh, PAX. And if we do, then that might actually just become next week's show. We'll keep you posted in the discord and on social media. So uh, we'll let you know as soon as we, as soon as we figure it out. But uh, thanks, everybody. We're, we're going to have a, a ton of fun stuff being posted here over, over the next couple of days uh, in Seattle. So make sure you're checking out Facebook, Instagram, and, of course, the Discord. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be posting a bunch of stuff. So thanks. Just remember one thing. We are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, <laughs> oh. game on. I'm dying.